The Bucks go all in, acquiring Damian Lillard from Portland, making Milwaukee the hands-down favorites to take the championship in June. We break down the three-team trade, and we'll tell you why we still think the Celtics are going to be the ones coming out of the East. The weather forecast is calling for extra heat and humidity down in Miami, but we're as cool as a cucumber inside Lucky's Lounge. Come join us. Let's start this podcast. Hit it. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge Podcast, everybody, the home for Celtic fans around the world. And Guillermo, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a couple hours make. I called you during my lunch break, kind of wondering what we were going to talk about. And now the NBA is the center of the sports world. Damian Lillard is now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, paired up with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, what, what's your reaction to this? My reaction is, well, it's about Dame time, right? Uh, We kept talking about this this offseason. There was a lot of rumors where he could end up. I'm just happy the trade is finally done. Um, As you said, we spoke earlier and we're kind of game planning for tonight's episode. Um, As I was in a meeting with my boss, my phone kept buzzing and I just looked and said, what's going on? And then You're I like, said, sorry, boss, I have to leave, I have to leave now. <laughs> I, said, I told her, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She said, what? I said it was a sports thing. She's not really into sports. So she kind of scoffed at me. But uh, wow, what a big deal. Break down the deal for us. Yeah, my, my deputy was calling me. Hey, the general wants you in the command suite. And I'm like, not now. Damian Lillard's a buck. Uh, all right. I, I, I had to. I had to go down the down the hall and talk to the general. But here's the deal. The Bucks get Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. And in order to make this deal happen, the Phoenix Suns jumped on to facilitate some things that they wanted to have happen, mainly getting rid of DeAndre Ayton. So the Bucks get Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers get Drew Holiday from the Bucks, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. Tumani Kamara from the Suns, but they also get the Bucks' 2029 unprotected first-round pick, and they get swap rights on the Bucks' 2028 and 2030 first-round picks. The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, they get Grayson Allen from the Bucks, and they get Nasser Little and Keon Johnson. After this trade, Guillermo, the NBA Today came on ESPN. Kendrick Perkins said, we don't even need to play the season. The Bucs are going to win the title. Wow. But Stephen, but Stephen A. Smith said, listen, I, I'm not sure I agree. They are the favorites, favorites, but you cannot dismiss the Boston Celtics. Where do you stand on what this means for the Eastern Conference and the NBA overall? Yeah, so to me, what the impact does for the Boston Celtics isn't much, in my opinion. I think... The Bucs definitely got better in terms of offense. I think they're going to get more consistent offense from a player like Damian Lillard. But I think they lost when it comes to defense. I think Drew Holiday was a, a, one of the elite defenders, especially being a guard who could play against, you know, a, a Jalen Brown, a, a Jalen Brown, a Jason Tatum, and was capable of playing different roles for them, but 
I, to me, it doesn't move the needle as much as it moved for Vegas. I know Vegas has them as odds on favorite to win the championship. But for me, it, it didn't do much in terms of me seeing the Bucks be better than the Celtics at this point. I What I took away from the trade is I think the Blazers did well on, on their front. They got a big in DeAndre Ayton. They got future first-round picks, at least two swaps because the Bucks probably won't be that good in 28 and 20 and sorry, 2030. Um, and then they got another piece. They will, will potentially move in holiday um, unless they want to keep him to kind of groom Scoot Henderson. Uh, and I think the Suns also got better as well. I really like Nazir Little and Keon Johnson as role players for them. And also Grayson Allen, who does a decent sh- job at shooting and, being feisty against opponents. Um, and Nurkic, who, if healthy, he's he's a solid baller. Uh, so I think the other two teams made out really well, but I don't see it moving the needle for the Bucks too much. Well, I do think, I agree with you, I think they got better, and I do think it moves the needle. They are the favorites now to win the title, and I think they should be the favorites. But I don't think anybody should be ruling out the Celtics or the Nuggets, or the Suns. So they got better, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. I, the, our tweet of the week is from Michael Dyer, at Mike underscore Dyer 13, Dyer, D-Y-E-R 13. And this tweet, I think, really encapsulates how I feel and how a lot of Celtic fans should feel about this trade. Even though the Bucks on paper have the best chance to win the title right now, listen to this. 32-year-old Chris Middleton with a two-year nagging knee injury, 33-year-old Dame, 35, 36 by the playoffs, year-old Lopez in the middle, very little depth. I feel good. I feel strong, parentheses, assuming at least two of Rob Porzingis and Horford survive the year. And that's really where I am, Guillermo. The Celtics never have a, never had a chance anyway unless two of those bigs stay healthy for the whole season. But if they do, given how we did against the Bucks last year and given how we might still match up against Milwaukee, yeah, they've got a great two-man combination. But what happens the first time we put, you know, first time we run a 1-4 pick and roll and you've got Jason Tatum being guarded by Damian Lillard? I, I don't think that's as good for them as if it's Drew Holiday guarding them. So in a game of inches, I think the Celtics still come out very well in that matchup. Your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think they have the bench depth. They also lost a piece in Grayson Allen, who was a starter for them. Um, I know they have Beasley and they have uh, Crowder and they have Portis, but I just don't see a bench that really can sustain them throughout 82 games and even in the playoffs. And I think we match up well against the Bucks anytime we play them. I know Al Horford has his thing with Giannis. Um, and I think we defend Giannis pretty well. And I know Dame is one of the best at pick and rolls. I think that pick and roll with Giannis is going to be, be tremendous. But we have KP, who's probably one of the best defensive players against the pick and roll. Uh, and if they do pick and roll and you sag and make Giannis a shooter. I think we'll take that all day. So I, again, I think they got better offensively and I think the league in general is hedging more towards offense and they want to see more scoring. But I, I know we also harp 
on defense. We were number two in defensive rating last year. We have KP who brings that size, and we have Time Lord who does great in the paint. And not forget, don't forget, uh, Derek led the league for guards in blocks. So I think we still have that defensive nature within the Celtics. I know that's two things that the Jays were talking about this offseason. So keeping that defensive mindset, I don't really see the Bucks being able to compete defensively on the other end with our offense. One thing that I think is really important and, and probably the Celtics needed, I mean, I was on X yesterday and seeing a lot of posts from people, I won't name them here because I don't want to embarrass them, but saying about how hands down the Celtics had the best roster and and this and that. And the bottom line is now all the pressure is off Boston in a way. And it's kind of this us against the world mentality. It takes a little bit of pressure off Porzingis. I also think that the Bucs in a way did the same thing that we did. There's no way that they're the NBA champions in 2021 without Drew Holiday. In Mm -hmm. some ways he was the heart and soul of that team. The best two-way player that they had, I think. I mean, even in some ways better than Giannis. And with him out of the picture, yes, they're much better on offense, but I don't know how good they're going to be defensively. You have Robin Lopez, who's one of the best rim protectors in the league. You have Giannis, who's no doubt a DPOY candidate. But in a playoff series against the Celtics, I don't know. So, you know, it could be good for the Celtics in the sense that it makes them hungrier. It makes them want it more. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think they already want it more, right? This not getting over the hump thing is just getting to wear and tear on these guys. Like they've heard, oh yeah, I've been to multiple Eastern Conference finals. I've been to the finals once, but they never get over that hump, right? So I think that's why Brad had to do what he had to do and move on from smart and bring in KP. And once this team is on the court with their size and athleticism with the signings that they've done this off season, and even the draft when they drafted Walsh, I think that is what we're gearing towards this season. And it's going to be a big impact against other teams. Um, and so I, like you said, I don't see the defense coming from the bucks. They're older can they stay healthy? I think there's a lot of key factors that come with this. And okay, is this year they're together. They're only going to be older next year and the year after. So I think we have a young nucleus that's going to sustain uh, what we're building here. Well, the elephant in the room on this trade, and, and we'll get to Miami in a second, but the elephant in the room is that Milwaukee had to do this trade. Right. Because a couple of weeks ago, and we've talked about this recently. Giannis Antetokounmpo basically put the Bucks on notice. Yeah. They have until October 27th, Guillermo, to sign Giannis to an extension. They can give him a three-year extension in the neighborhood of $160 million, $170 million. I don't think he's going to sign it. But they have to – They he basically said, look, you prove to me that you're still all in for championships or I'm going to go somewhere else. And so they took a huge risk with this deal. As you just pointed out, the Lillard salary is huge. It is very limiting for the Bucks going forward. Do they have enough to win the championship now? Absolutely. But what happens if 
he doesn't sign that extension by October 27th. And this thing goes wrong. Remember, it was just two years ago that Damian Lillard missed most of the season with Mm -hmm. an injury, and he is 33 years old. Now, all of a sudden, you have the Portland Trailblazers sitting there with a, a situation like we had after that trade with Brooklyn. Two unprotected pick swaps and an unprotected pick in 2029. Yes, Milwaukee did very well in this trade, but it could have disastrous consequences if, as I suspect, Giannis was looking at New York, Los Angeles, or Miami. No, I completely agree, and I think that's key for you to bring up. We were just discussing how he may want out, and I think he wanted to play with a quote-unquote other star, right? So what other star was on the market? Yes, Harden was out there, but who wants to bring that baggage? So they went and they got Lillard. And I know Lillard was one of the players, you know, he had drafted in the All-Star game, I think first overall, because he wanted to play with Damian Lillard. And I saw a tweet from 2022 where Giannis, sorry, where Damian Lillard said if he could play with another superstar, it'd be Giannis. So it seems like these guys have a good relationship. There might have been some you know, texting back and forth behind the scenes to make sure uh, the Milwaukee Bucks push for this to happen. Since we all saw that he wasn't going to go to Miami, there was rumors for the Toronto Raptors, uh, maybe even the Phoenix Suns were rumored, uh, even the 76ers were rumored, but even the Celtics were rumored. I mean, on on Twitter yesterday, there there was a tweet a uh, somewhat ill-informed tweet, but basically yeah. one sports book had the Celtics as the odds-on favorite to land Damian Lillard. And then they didn't, obviously they would not be giving up Jalen or Porzingis, but people still thought that the Celtics could even get involved. Nobody really saw this one coming. And Aaron Goodwin, Lillard's agent, I don't think he's happy with this trade, but there's no way this trade happened without... Giannis Antetokounmpo having buy-in. So they went to Giannis. He said, absolutely. And Damian Lillard has already said, I'm looking forward to my next chapter. So Lillard will come around. He will report. He will come around. Uh, But this was not something that he wanted, but I'm, I'm certain that he knows, as evidenced by that tweet a year and a half ago, that it's a perfect fit, him and Giannis. Yeah, I think it'll be a tremendous fit. I think they'll gel really well and get off to a solid start this season. It's just the longevity of the 82-game season and the playoffs. You know, these like I said, these guys are a little older and they don't have the depth like other teams like us or the Suns or the Lakers really, or the Nuggets really have. So it'd be interesting to see how far they were to go. Yeah, Guillermo, you're absolutely right about the depth issue. They are certainly not the Lakers. But don't forget, the Bucs can still add players right before the trading deadline or after the trading deadline when teams start waving guys. And there are a lot of reasons why this trade is perfect for the Bucs. For one thing, Damian Lillard gives them the closer that they lacked. In late-game situations in the playoffs, the Bucs kind of couldn't necessarily go to Giannis at times because he's not a guaranteed bucket the way teams load up on him. Damian Lillard is a closer, one of the best, and he's a 37% career three-point shooter, 
But that's on teams where he was asked to take a lot of very difficult shots, and he hits difficult shots better than almost anybody in the league. Also, the Bucks and their new coach, Adrian Griffin, one of my favorite Celtics of the, the awful Rick Pitino era, uh, they also got Terry Stotts as an assistant coach, and Terry Stotts was a very good head coach in Portland for Damian Lillard. I think they have a great relationship. So for Milwaukee, I think it's very good. But I think the winner of this trade is the Portland Trailblazers, and I'll tell you why. In addition to getting those very, very valuable Bucks picks, because I don't think Giannis is going to stay in Milwaukee, believe it or not. They also still have pieces to trade. A Drew Holiday, we'll talk about this in our next segment, but Drew Holiday is not staying in Portland. And there's going to be a bidding war, I think, between the the teams in the East that are now trying to stop Damian Lillard to get Drew Holiday. So they're going to get even more pieces. And DeAndre Ayton has something to prove now. And they've got a young center to match with those guards in Portland. I think they're the winners here. Yeah, I can see why you claim that. I think Ayton with Simons and um, Sharp and Henderson, that's that's great. I think they're they can continue to grow. He's somebody who's been in the playoffs, been to the finals as well. Um, to for me, I think the Suns also came out nearly, maybe or even more on top than the Blazers. They they got rid of that eight in contract and got another big in Nurkic, and then they got solid pieces to round out and give them even more depth on their roster. Uh, so I think. They also made out pretty well in this trade. I think it was smart for them to move on from Aiton finally. I know they had their quarrels with him. And for me, just as well as the Blazers did, the Suns did well in this trade. You know, you bring up a good point. I mean, people are going to talk about Aiton for Nurkic. And these teams have been trying to trade these guys for at least a year, probably more for Nurkic. Yeah. Uh, You had, obviously... Their former coach, who's now the head coach in Detroit, Monty Williams, couldn't stand DeAndre Ayton and his effort level at times. And Nurkic has been on the block for a couple of years. Both of these guys will be rejuvenated by their new locations. Both will have a lot to prove. I think, you know, the former number one overall pick who has clearly more physical talent than Nurkic, I would be betting on him more than Nurkic. But Nurkic can set a mean screen. He's a better passer. Um, but, you know, you're going to probably try to put him on skates in the pick and roll. Aiton had more potential maybe in that area. But, yeah, I could see how Phoenix gets an addition by subtraction. And that contract that Aiton, that they gave Aiton is broken up a little bit. But I think you hit on it. The real thing is if guys like Nasser Little and Grayson Allen can contribute because they also had some depth issues and those may have been addressed here I think, you know, the way I would grade it is Portland A, Milwaukee B+, and, and Suns B. But certainly, you know, the Suns are also in a win-now mode, right? And they don't make this trade if they think that it's going to make Milwaukee a slam-dunk winner because the Suns probably think they're going to the finals this year. Yeah, they definitely think they're going to the finals. I think that's why they made the moves they've made this offseason. Um, new head coach for them as well, just like you said it for the Bucks. 
Uh, so it's kind of like you said, a reset button for a lot of these guys. I'm low-key disappointed in the whole Aiton situation. I mean, here's a guy who was from Arizona, went to high school, went to college in Arizona. And for them not to work out and have to ship him a little up north, I think kind of stinks for him personally. But um, I think everybody's in win mode for this upcoming season. That's why we see teams making the splash deals that they've been doing. Um, look, Bradley Beal wins switch conferences. Dame Lillard now switch conferences. I know Harden's still up for debate. So seeing these pieces move around, everybody's in win mode now and putting all their chips on the table uh, to make sure that that happens. Yeah, Milwaukee went all in, and you're going to now see teams like Miami, Philadelphia, maybe the Clippers, maybe others, starting to throw some of their chips toward the center of the table. I still think in May, June, the Celtics will call everybody because I still think we have a very, very good hand. But when we come back in our next segment, we will talk about those next dominoes to fall, including where's Drew Holiday going? What can Portland expect to get from them? And also some good news coming out of Boston as it pertains to Kristaps Porzingis and Malcolm Brogdon. We know you're going to want to hear this, so stay right there. You are listening to Lucky's Lounge Podcast. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge Podcast. If you are listening to us, you we know you are a fan of the 17-time NBA champion Boston Celtics, and that makes us best friends. Guillermo, I want to send a shout-out to all of green teamers around the world, all five continents, all of Lucky's heroes, our military first responders, government employees. Thank you for listening. Continue to tell friends about the podcast and give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can. By doing that, you're helping us to spread the word and get more people tuned in to Lucky's Lounge. And now, Guillermo, Jimmy Buckets has entered the chat. Apparently, Jimmy Butler is salty about this trade, the deal that he tried to ram through with with Lillard and and Aaron Goodwin, Lillard's agent, uh, went horribly awry for Heat Nation. What has Jimmy got to say about this? Yeah, so Jimmy took to IG and looked like a sad puppy for not getting what he wanted and said, yo, NBA, you have to look into the Bucks for tampering. You didn't get it from me, but you have to look into the Bucks for tampering. Some inside information he supposedly has. How do you take this? Well, that's, that's uh, you know, the, the pot calling the kettle black. Jimmy, tampering is what you see when a team for instance, makes a deal with an agent before free agency opens. And we've seen that in the last couple of years. We saw that with, I think we saw that with P.J. Tucker. Did we not? Wasn't it the heat that were tampering before? The yes. 76ers have been busted for it. Um, that's what tampering is. I, you know, the, the trade season was open, and all of the teams in the league knew that Portland was listening to calls for Damian Lillard. This is not tampering. The reality is, let's let's talk about the heat right now. The reality is, is that Pat Riley made an offer of some sorts, we know, to the Portland Trailblazers that, in, that included Tyler Hero and some form of draft compensation and maybe other salary fodder. We have to assume that Kyle Lowry was in that 
trade to make salaries match. And according to some reports that we're seeing today, Riley had not spoken to Cronin, the Blazers GM, in quite some time. Apparently, Joe Cronin had not heard from them for a while. The Heat thought that maybe all of the overtures that that Aaron Goodwin had made to Joe Cronin saying, hey, look, he won't go anywhere else. They thought that was good enough. But the NBA weighed in and said, listen, you have to stop doing that. We expect Damian Lillard to report and honor his contract wherever he goes. And there were many teams that were jumping in. As we talked about last week, the Toronto Raptors were in there. We didn't really know about Milwaukee, but this isn't tampering. Now, the good news if you're a Heat fan, I think they may have dodged a bullet here. And I think they may end up better off in the long run. You want me to explain that? Yeah, go ahead. You know, as as good of a fit as Lillard would have been with Bam Adebayo and and Jimmy Butler, I don't know how much he really fits into heat culture like a Kyle Lowry, like maybe a Drew Holiday in terms of that gritty defensive style. I I don't see Lillard doing that. And, you know, I think the reason that Pat Riley did not make the call and throw more assets on the table is because Pat Riley sees the writing on the wall that both Giannis Antetokounmpo and potentially Joel Embiid will be available. And so if he put all of the chips to the table now and went for Damian Lillard, they would not be as good going forward as they would be with one of those bigger players, Embiid or uh, Antetokounmpo. And so, listen, they could go right now, tomorrow, tonight even, as we record this on Wednesday night, they could get Drew Holiday, and I think they're going to try to do that. And how much worse are they with Drew Holiday than they are with Damian Lillard? Not a whole lot. No, I could definitely see them uh, going after Drew Holiday. I could also see Philadelphia throwing their name in the hat. But the three teams I think should go after him and maybe put more chips on the table than maybe those two teams. I think the Brooklyn Nets should definitely try to bring him in. I think a team like the Clippers, who have been rumored to want a point guard with the whole Brogdon situation, with potential the Harden situation, that's not looking like it's working out. And also the Timberwolves. I think that'd be a solid lineup adding him to Anthony Edwards and Gobert and Towns and that team. Uh, so I think those three teams should definitely go after Drew Holiday uh, if he's available, which I think he will be. And like you said, I think the Heat want to go after bigger fish um, this potential offseason and see who they can bring to Miami. That's where they do the the big spending, the big deals is through free agency with the glitz and glam of being in Miami. So I could definitely see them holding all their cards until that happens. Well, it's a good thing for Pat Riley's sake that the Miami Dolphins have everybody feeling very giddy down in South Beach right now because Damian Lillard's going to South Shore Beach. It's a beach they have in Milwaukee. Uh, (laughs) Has a lot of the pressure. I mean, even the Miami media are starting to question Pat Riley right now. And I think that's a little bit unfair because I think that Getting either Embiid or Antetokounmpo would be a much bigger haul 
And the Heat are still very, very good. Yes, they lost Max Struess. Yes, they lost uh, Vincent to the Lakers. But they could they could land Drew Holiday. They still have other things that they could eventually do. If they take one step back and then next year two steps forward, I think they're fine. Let, let's talk about Drew Holiday, though, because, again, what a difference a day make. Yesterday, he tweeted out something about wanting to – spend the rest of his career wanting to retire as a Milwaukee Buck. He really was the perfect fit for Milwaukee. He got them their first championship in 50 years. He was the heart and soul, I think, of that team and was on a deal that basically has a player option after this year for a huge amount of money that he will exercise and he will retire after the next after the 2025 season. And he wanted that to be in Milwaukee. Now, what's going to happen? He, he will be traded by Portland probably in the next few months, right? He's not going to finish the season in Portland. And you have all these teams largely in the Eastern Conference, but also the Clippers. And I hadn't thought about Minnesota, but you're absolutely right, Guillermo. Minnesota could be in play. This is why I think Portland won the trade. Because, you know, as you often see with these blockbuster deals, all of these NBA teams want to keep up with the Joneses. And so I think, you know, Philadelphia is absolutely in panic mode. They have a, a guy in James Harden that they could throw in to match salary and throw a lot of picks in there. So Portland is going to be very pick heavy after they deal Drew Holiday to whomever that is. One team that you didn't mention, but I want to ask you, was watching NBC Sports Boston a little while ago. Brian Scalabrini says Brad Stevens is going to give Joe Cronin a chance to to bask in this for tonight. But tomorrow morning, Brad should be calling him and kicking the tires on a way to bring Drew Holiday to the Celtics. What do you think about, number one, Drew in a Kelly green uniform? And number two, what it would take to, is he worth what it would take to get him? Boy, oh boy. Um, I do like Drew Holiday. He is a tremendous two-way player um, at the point guard position. I think he can score if need be. He can pass the ball really well. I think his elite defense is tremendous. So would I like to see him in the Celtics uniform? Yes, I would like to see Drew Holiday as a Celtic. But what you're going to have to give up to match that salary I don't want to have to do. So unless it's just straight up for Brogdon, maybe even a Pritchard. I do like Pritchard. I know I keep trading him, but I do like Pritchard. But if it's not those two pieces, I don't really want to give up anything else uh, or picks for that matter. So for me, I think it costs too much to get unless there's a third team involved. Um, but no, I would definitely welcome Drew Holiday on the team. I just don't think Brad wants to give up too much, which is why he didn't want to join the Lillard, the Lillard sweepstakes. Well, maybe he didn't want to join it before, but does he think he has to join it now? And again, with with you're not trading for Lillard anymore. You're trading for a guy who, again, is retiring at the end of this contract. And again, he could opt out after this next upcoming season, which would relieve the Celtics of a lot of salary. If Malcolm Brogdon's head is not in the right place, 
apparently it was reported yesterday that Malcolm Brogdon, according to Brad Stevens, is healthy and ready to go. Great news for the Celtics. But they could trade Brogdon and maybe Rob Williams no. and bring in you, – you, you say no to that. I don't want to trade Rob. I think we have to lean on our size this year. That's why we went and got KP. I And Al is 37 years old, so how much are we going to get from him? And are we going to even have him pass this this contract that he just signed? So Rob is on a great deal, and that's why I don't want to have to extend more than what we may have to to bring in Holiday. I'd rather keep Brogdon on the bench, hope that he can lock in and, and be ready for the season. Brad said everybody showed up to camp and is healthy. Let's just get ready for this season to show everybody what we can do once we all hit the court together. Boy, I, I don't know. I just think that if it's Miami or Boston that gets Drew Holiday, that is going to create a very interesting subplot for a series where you have a guy in Drew Holiday who is arguably the best defensive guard in the league. I mean, you could say yeah. it's Marcus Smart. You could say it's Drew Holiday. Heck, you could say it's Derek White. But Drew Holiday is in that discussion. And a guy that one day before said he wanted to retire with the Bucks and, and could reasonably say, hey, look, I brought you guys that title. Mm -hmm. Saying, all right, you want to trade me? I got Dame in this series. I'm going to lock him up. And that mm -hmm. would be pretty compelling. If the Celtics could add a player of his ilk, I think it's worth exploring. You give up Brogdon. Your new sixth man is Derek White, who very easily could win sixth man of the year award for the second consecutive year for the Celtics. He's that good. Sure. And have Holiday as a starter with Jalen Brown, Kristaps Porzingis, Jason Tatum, and either Horford or Rob. You could trade Horford and Brogdon. And, nope. you know, I, so I think it's worth exploring. But the real question is the draft compensation. The Celtics right. are a player in this trade because of what Brad Stevens was able to do on draft night, that extra draft capital that they've got. Do they want to go all in? The other thing, too, is Milwaukee's older now. You know, the Celtics, I still think they can get it done this year, and maybe they will. But if they don't, they're still a pretty young team. Milwaukee goes all in here, and it could fail miserably for them if Giannis does not extend and things go wrong this season. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's older. The Bucks are, I mean, sorry, uh, the Heat are older as well. I mean, Jimmy's not a young pup either, right? And if we look at the Sixers, they want to possibly move on from Tobias. They don't know what's going on with Harden. Yes, they have a, a young piece in Maxi, you know, and B's coming up on a new contract. So I think the East is still up for grabs. I think the Celtics have been dominant the last five years and continue to push the needle when it comes to getting better each and every year. I believe in the team that we've put together and those players meshing well and putting it all together for this season. So I'm okay with not going all in for holiday. It, I think he has that dog in him. I think he is that type of player to be motivated to do something like oh, you yeah. spoke of, but he can do that 
on the Brooklyn Nets or something like that. I just I don't want to have to give up any of the bigs, and I know they're going to want bigs in the deal. Well, another team that is desperate is Philadelphia. So you could see, I mean, Giannis forced this trade. You could see Embiid forcing another trade. Miami is in the is in the chat. We'll see. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of friends in Milwaukee that are Bucks fans. They've got great fans. They're definitely partying on Locust Street tonight. But it's not as bad as as the, the Heat fans think. I think you know a lot of times you look and, and you see who is the favorite on paper to win, and it's usually that team that doesn't win. Who was the favorite well, last year? I I can't even recall. I'd have to check. I, I think it was us, wasn't it? It might have been us in the Nuggets, yes. Yeah, and the year before that, it might have been the Warriors. And uh, the Bucks, yeah. Or, or no, the year before that, it was definitely the Bucks. I'm sorry, the Warriors were not favored. They were they were on the periphery. The Bucks were favored to repeat. They didn't win. And when the Bucks won the championship, they weren't favored. So you know, sometimes being having the pole position is not where you want to be. And I certainly didn't want the Celtics being on the pole position and considered to be the favorites after getting rid of Marcus Smart. I think right now, the way that this is setting up from a narrative standpoint, with from a plot line standpoint, is going very well for Boston. Now let's go to the Celtics right now in the Auerbach yeah. Center, yeah. where everybody has been showing up. And the Celtics uh, actually yesterday tweeting out photos of Kristaps Porzingis working out, shooting jump shots. Brad Stevens saying that Brogdon and Porzingis are healthy and ready to go. We see how hard Jalen and Jason are working out right now. I mean, right now I'm feeling, I'm like Michael Dyer. I'm feeling very good about where we are, not only physically, but mentally as well. And I think this trade gives the Celtics extra motivation. And, you know, they're not going to take their eyes off the ball as they may have done in past years. I think everything is setting up very nicely. The only question is health. What say you? Yeah, I'm truly excited for this training camp. For some reason, maybe it's Lucky's Lounge, but I have really high hopes and even bigger excitement than any other season in my Celtics fandom. I think we're 20 deep. We have the 15 guys we have signed to the roster. We have the three two-way players and the two Exhibit 10 contracts who will you know, we'll be working out to maybe make the main roster or maybe take somebody's spot on one of those contracts that we've offered to these guys in this offseason. Um, I'm just excited for them to start training camp, put it all together, and we get to see it uh, throughout these preseason games. So I'm just ready for the October to be here already. Well, the Celtics are definitely sharing your opinion, Guillermo. They are fired up. They are working out hard. And they're also giving some of us a little bit of reason to laugh. When we come back, we'll talk Jason Tatum and Kevin Hart. And we'll also tell you what the Celtics have planned for some of their special nights and promotions coming up in the 23-24 season. Don't go away. We're back, and Guillermo, before we get to Lucky's list, we want to have a Lucky's hero, okay? And we've been doing the military a lot, so I thought I'd mix it up a little bit and talk about 
some of the unsung heroes in our federal government. You know, uh, it looks very likely that we're going to have a government shutdown. And I think one of the most important departments, besides the Department of Defense, maybe the most important, I'm a little biased, is the Department of Veterans Affairs, taking care of the men and women that we sent over to Afghanistan and Iraq and places like that who have a lot of sometimes physical, mental, and emotional scars. And the people at the VA in Greater Boston do a lot every day to help those people get adjusted back to civilian life and get them headed in the right direction. And Lucky's Heroes today is a guy by the name of Devin Duffy. Devin is a Navy veteran himself, having served aboard the USS Ronald Reagan as an intelligence specialist. But now he is a veteran service representative who helps veterans with all sorts of things. And again, the Boston VA does things like find housing in the, in the way of home loans and perform all sorts of medical and counseling services. Did you know, Guillermo, that more than 20 veterans a day, American patriots commit suicide? Wow, no, that's a, that's an astonishing number. It's astonishing. It is a tragic statistic. And I just think we got to tip our caps to these folks in the Department of Veterans Affairs. Call your, call your congressperson uh, and, and tell, tell them that uh, we need to get a deal done so that we avoid this government shutdown. Uh, call your senator. Uh, but uh, it looks like it's going to happen. And I just I wanted to thank the people from the Department of Veterans Affairs, all of our government employees, but especially diehard Celtic fan, Mr. Devin Duffy. You are Lucky's heroes. You're Lucky's hero for today. Yeah, truly thankful for what you do, Mr. Duffy. Uh, it's people like you who um, do things behind the scenes for a greater cause. So truly appreciate what you're doing day in and day out. Now we go to Lucky's list. There are four items on the list. And actually, this one just popped in on the wire. Apparently, we're not done talking about Damian Lillard because Brian Windhorst in his Hoop Collective podcast made a very interesting statement tonight. And I want to, I want you to let us know what that was, Guillermo. Yeah, so he said uh, that the Celtics supposedly kicked tires on the Lillard trade before he was dealt to Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, that that is 100% reasonable. I, I totally understand that. But I don't really put a lot of stock in that, and I don't think that Malcolm Brogdon or Derek White or Rob Williams or anybody should really care about that. This is kind of how this works, is that anytime a star or a superstar like Lillard becomes available, probably 29 other teams, quote, unquote, kick the tires. Um, you know, I drive a, I drive a Kia Optima. And, you know, I would like to get a Bentley Flying Spur and I'd be lying if I said I haven't driven by the lot and actually looked at the car and salivated over it. And, and I have kicked the tires on cars before <laughs> that I have no means to purchase. So I think that's kind of what this this was, Guillermo. Yeah, I think you got to see, you know, what the rumblings are, what the trailblazers were possibly looking for. Uh, what other teams could possibly be involved in the mix that you could probably give up less than what you might have to. Um, so I think you always got to see what's going on and make sure you're aware and possibly able to make deals if need be. 
Yeah, and uh, you know that's what we want Brad Stevens to do is to kick the tires. And as far as a Drew Holiday deal is concerned, I, I think Brad's not only kicking the tires, but maybe he's testing out the uh, the leather seats and interior, and maybe even asking for a test drive because I think the Holiday thing makes a little bit more sense for the Celtics. But you have to do this when names become available, and and that's always the case for all NBA teams. Item number two, uh, it is now inevitable that the acquisition of Damian Lillard, which gives them a a one-two punch of Giannis and Lillard, is going to, in some people's minds, knock the Jays off the perch if they ever were on top of being the best duo in the league. Am I right? Yeah, so Bleacher Report has a tournament going on for the best duos in the league. And, of course, the Lillard... The Lillard trade didn't happen till now, so they didn't have the Bucks going all the way. Oh, okay. So they they don't have Lillard and Giannis in the tournament. No, well, no, oh, they oh. had uh, Giannis and Middleton, which uh, lost um, in the in the sorry in the in the second round of this tournament. Okay, I was going to say how quick. Wow, Bleacher Report is fast, but they didn't <laughs> have that. So so no. Pre-trade, who do they have as the best duo? So the final four came down to uh, Nuggets, Lakers, Celtics, and Suns. And now the final two are Lakers and Suns with uh, third place competition being the Nuggets and uh, Nuggets and Celtics. So Booker okay. and KD and LeBron and AD. Okay, uh, and now let's throw the Milwaukee duo into the mix and sure. let's rank them in order, one to five, and we'll start with you. Okay, for me, I'm going to go Joker and Murray as number one. Then I will go the Jays number two. Then I, will, <laughs> I will go Dame and um, Giannis number three. LeBron and AD four and KD and Booker five. Okay. Well, we both have the same number five and I think it's a little bit silly to say that, that Booker and KD who unceremoniously got bounced uh, by, by the, the NBA champions and Jokic and Murray, that they would be above the Jays. I don't, I don't see that. I think Tatum is ready to surpass KD right now. So I have I have Durant Booker 5. Okay. And you know, don't hate on a brother, but I've got the Jays at number 4. Okay. And I'm I'm putting as a big caveat if healthy. So I mean, we almost could throw the Lakers out of this discussion <laughs> be, because of the age of LeBron James and the likelihood that he will miss time and that AD could miss significant time. But if healthy, I think they're the third best duo in the league. I think that Anthony Davis is a top five talent. And I think that the Lakers are at three. I have Milwaukee as the second best duo in the league now, but I have to agree with you. Nikola Jokic, best player in the NBA. And Jamal Murray is underrated in the conversation when you're talking about stars. So I still have with you, we have the same one and five, but I give Milwaukee the nod. At number two, number three on Lucky's list tonight is top to bottom. 
who has the best roster in the league? We, you know, yesterday we had Drew Holiday saying that he was going to retire a buck. And we also had Austin Reeves, up and coming young talent with the Lakers, saying, among other things, that he wouldn't date Taylor Swift, I think. And, and also that top to bottom, one to 12 or one to 15, the Lakers have the best roster in the league. And they have had an incredible offseason. I've got them number three as as far as the top duos, but where do you see the Lakers? Is Austin Reeves, uh, is he high or is he making a, a good point here? No, I think he's making a good point. I know my Lakers friends continue to talk about how they have the deepest team in the league. And I continue to battle and say that I don't think that they do. I know looking at it, yeah, they do have a lot of different pieces and they are one of the deepest teams. But for me, I still think the Clippers have great depth. I think the Suns, especially now with this trade, they have great depth. Um, The Warriors still have solid depth. And I'm also going to say the Celtics. I think we have solid depth. We haven't seen it all come together yet uh, with the moving parts that we had. But um, I think we're one of the deepest teams probably in the East Um, so I would say those teams have greater depth, but I do see the Lakers having solid depth as well. Well, I mean, it, the, the, the statement was not depth, right? Because I mean, yeah, some of those teams have depth. I would submit to you that we have less depth having lost Grant Williams and Marcus Smart. So we might be more talented. Um, you know, in the playoffs, depth is nine good guys. Uh, but Reeves said top to bottom. So let's, Mm. let's just go top to bottom here. Okay. And I'll start at the top with Anthony Davis. Then you have LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Christian Wood, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Jared Vanderbilt, who just signed for a four-year extension, Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, Max Christie. I mean, Damn, he might be right. Top to bottom. Yeah, top but, to bottom. I've just Yeah, but like those after the first two players, it's for me a lot of role players, not any major pieces that will, you know, help cover if LeBron or AD have to miss a game, especially in the playoffs. Like Russell didn't show up last season. He was starting to get benched for Schroeder. Yeah, like so, if you were gonna call, if you were gonna say, you know, like the Bucks have a big three, right, with Middleton, mm-hmm. and the Heat have a big three, we think, and uh, <laughs> you know the, the Sixers have one, and the Celtics certainly do, and the Nuggets, you could say, do. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the Lakers' big three? I think Austin Reeves would be that number three, right? Yeah, but is he top tier? marketable i mean not even marketable is he a top tier player in the nba to be maybe top 50 top 30 to be even considered you know a top play to big to be a big three player with those two players for me there's a downfall after lebron i don't really see austin reeves being that big of a piece well, I like him. Obviously, he was on Team USA. Um, he has a lot of versatility and ability. You're right. I mean, they don't have 
a star after Davis and LeBron, but they don't really need one. You know, I, I think the Lakers are a playoff team. I don't, I don't see them in the play in this year. I think they can actually make the playoffs and uh, you know, can they beat Phoenix or Denver? Maybe not. And again, it all hinges on health, but top to bottom, it is a compelling discussion, but you know, in the playoffs, it's really who's your top eight or nine. And I don't know if, you know, the top heavy Denver Nuggets and Suns are really quaking in their boots. I'll tell you who else might be in that discussion as far as top to bottom. They have nowhere near the talent that the Lakers do overall, but Utah top to bottom is going to be starting to enter that discussion. The Thunder. Um, and yeah, and OKC, you know, OKC is, is another, another good one. By the way, it was reported that uh, Victor Oladipo is, I guess, not going to go to camp. So he may not be on the Thunder this year. That might be something to watch there. Our final item on Lucky's list tonight, the Celtics sending out their list of theme nights. So mark your calendars for some of these nights and we'll go over these. Um, hopefully there'll be some bobbleheads given out or some, some cool giveaways, maybe some nice swag t-shirts that do not have the number 18 on them would be a good start. <laughs> um, but here are the theme nights, special games for the Celtics. We start with a game that you and I will be at November 1st, a Wednesday night against the Pacers. And this is where we welcome in all of Lucky's heroes, the Seats for Soldiers night. That's awesome. I'm excited to attend that night. Um, shout out to all of Lucky's heroes that we've been, you know, giving their their shout outs to this whole off season. Excited to continue that throughout the season. You know, we need to get, I wish we had uh, like our own cartoonist, like Red Auerbach used to have back in the day, that we could develop a Lucky's Heroes t-shirt that we could give to some of these men and women. But it will be great to see all of these folks there. Of course, you know, we've got the folks from Hanscom. We've got the Massachusetts Army National Guard. We have the Coast Guard, big presence in Boston. But we may also get some folks from USS Constitution and maybe some Marine Corps and Space Force folks out there as well. So looking forward to that. The next two are our two home games for the in-season tournament, November 10th against the Brooklyn Nets and November 28th against the Chicago Bulls, games that we will definitely want to win, especially that game against the Nets, Guillermo. Yeah, excited for this in-season tournament. I know it's not your favorite but I think it's going to be compelling for the start of the season. I'm excited about the energy it's going to bring. And I think those four games leading up to uh, the small playoff are going to be pretty intense. Yeah, the next one, I, I'm not going to be able to bring out Isabella Reagan on December 17th. But December 17th, Kids Day against the Orlando Magic. Awesome. Always to celebrate kids. They're the future. And I think... Uh, Deuce will definitely enjoy kids' night at uh, the TD Garden. Unless that's his birthday, and, and uh, I don't remember <laughs> what his birthday is. But remember, Jason Tatum did not play against the Magic last year. We lost that game, um, and this one is against the Magic, so we will see. The big one for the season, and this is, you know, a couple years ago, I had to make the trip out from, where was I? I, I think I was... I think I was in San Diego at the time was the Kevin Garnett Jersey retirement. I had mm. to come out for that. The big one, April 12th against the Charlotte Hornets, as, as he would say, 
Mike Gorman night at the Garden, April 12th. There will not be a dry eye in the house. Uh, Tommy will not be there in person. He will be there in spirit. But, you know, the Celtics are so good at these kind of events. We got to be there April 12th. Mark your calendars. We all have to give a big thank you to the Celtics voice, Mike Gorman. Yeah, sad to see him go this offseason. But somebody who is key to the Celtics, done a lot being the Celtics announcer and uh, definitely got to show up and show out for Mr. Gorman. We absolutely do have to show out for Mike Gorman, Guillermo. I mean, if you are on X and you can see some of the clips, some of the old calls that he made, maybe before you were a Celtic fan or before you were going to games or could remember stuff. I mean, Mike Gorman has legendary calls that date back to the bird era. We will get probably Sean Grandy next year on the telecast. And he's also one of the best broadcasters in the United States, but we are truly blessed. And we will, we will definitely understand that when Mike Gorman is no longer with us, we had one of the best of all time in the business. And uh, I, I hope not only do the fans show out, but the Celtics this season, this is just another reason why they got to get it done this year to send him off with a ring because he's not only a broadcaster and a fan, he is a part of the team. He's a part of the organization and he deserves one more ring before he goes out. Final uh, day of the promotional schedule is fan appreciation day, which is April 14th against the Washington wizards. I wanted to wrap the show, but I forgot there was one other thing that I think you told me about Guillermo, which is hilarious. And that is that Jason Tatum joined Kevin Hart on, was that Kevin Hart's podcast or his show? Yep. That's his show on the LOL network called cold as balls where (laughs) cold as balls. Yes. Where he and athletes go into a ice tub and he does question them and do a small interview. Nice. Well, um, so tell me about this. I, I, you know, Tatum, I, I, I think I'm going to have to watch this. I love Kevin Hart. He is hilarious. And Jason Tatum is underrated for his humor. Yeah, it was a really funny episode. Um, Even my wife tuned in. She definitely wanted to see Tatum without a shirt. But uh, (laughs) it was a funny episode. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum gave Kevin Hart the Deuce Tatum Celtics jersey, which was in Deuce's size but still fit Kevin Hart. Ironically, the the jersey that Deuce sometimes wears courtside, correct, and it fit Kevin Hart. Yes, supposedly, but it wasn't definitely his size. It was do uh, I was sorry, Kevin Hart's size. Uh, but he said he. Uh, had are you sure him. about that? <laughs> uh, Kevin Hart does work out, so I doubt he'll fit into a small Deuce size. So uh, Kevin he, Hart was he, playing he, along. He called it a two T, correct? Right. He called it a two T <laughs> size, um, and it said Deuce on the back with the number two, uh, and then so Kevin Hart is dealing with an injury, so he wasn't able to do the ice tub. So I, it was really funny. He had a stunt double because he's an actor, um, <laughs> in a Celtics jersey in the ice tub. Uh, so it was a really funny episode. It was funny to see. Tatum jab at him and um, Kevin right, Hart I'm, is it? Oh, go ahead. 
I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Where do yeah. I find this? I'll send you the link after the episode, after the show. And so Kevin Hart's a huge Philadelphia Sixers fan. Yeah. Um, and said something to the, the point of the Sixers beating the Celtics and Tatum just quite frankly asked them, Oh yeah. Will they? No, I, yeah, I think I saw that one clip on, on yeah. X where he basically said, well, you know, you got to get through the, you got to get through the 76ers first. And, and Tatum said, do we, Yeah, do we though? Or something to that effect that not only is that, I mean, that's humor, right? But uh, it, it could be sadly true for Kevin Hart. Oh, it definitely is true, but definitely a good piece, something to laugh at and get ready for this season. Definitely. Too you know what? Yeah. You know what this has me thinking about, you know, because of Kevin Hart, you know, being such a midget and being a great comedian back in the, I want to, we'll call it the late nineties. Nike had a campaign for Anthony Hardaway, Penny Hardaway. And, you know, there were a lot of star athletes back then. Of course, Michael Jordan owned the the shoe market at that time, but they were starting to put out shoes for players like Larry Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal. And Nike had a brilliant scheme, a brilliant campaign for Anthony Hardaway. They had a guy called Little Penny. Little Penny was like a little animated guy that was like eight inches tall or maybe one feet tall. That was the voice of little penny was Chris rock. And these were hilarious ads. You know, Anthony Hardaway is not the most dynamic personality, but it worked because Chris Rock was so hilarious. Um, I could see, you know, maybe Nike or, or Jordan brand coming up with like, you know, a little taco J or something like that with, with Kevin Hart playing the role of, of a uh, little taco J. What do you think? I think he'd prefer to be maybe little Joel or little and being a Sixers fan. But I could definitely see something uh, coming about with those two and their friendship. Um, I liked when the Nike had the puppets for LeBron and Kobe uh, during the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what comes out this this playoff season uh, once we get there. Well, they have the best creative minds typically over there at Nike. So we'll see what they continue to do. If Jason Tatum keeps going on the arc that he is, I don't think you're going to have to use a lot of marketing genius. I think the shoes will just sell themselves. Guillermo, we're going to close the show, but we are just a little over a week away from training camp for the Boston Celtics. Woo! And, uh, you know, as Brad Stevens said yesterday, KP is healthy, Brogdon is healthy, and as we said earlier in the show, the Celtics, they they don't agree with everybody that Milwaukee is a guarantee to win the title. According to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, let's just play the season out anyway, just in case. And uh, I think the Celtics, their chances have not really fallen all that much. I'm very excited about the next week ahead. Let's get it started. Well, that's going to wrap the show for this week. I am Captain Ron Flanders. On behalf of Guillermo Diaz, we want to thank you for joining us again inside Lucky's Lounge, and we'll see you right here again next week as we get ready for training camp. Have a great week, everybody.